Hi, this is James Clary from the Clarification Podcast. We really appreciate you sharing and watching our videos. If you feel so inclined, we could really use your help. You know, we spent hours and sometimes days researching these topics. And as much as we love it, we could really use your support. If you're on Spotify, go to our channel and there's a link where you can donate. Or if you're inclined, go to our website, which is clarification, that's C-L-A-R-Y, vacation.com, and there's a one-time donation button for PayPal. We really appreciate your support. Hey, everybody, it's the Clarification Podcast. I'm your host, James Clary, along with my pal, Russell West, at the board. What's up, buddy? Give me some nuts. How's it going, man? Okay, man, I just had uh, confirmation from a three-year-old that lives next door to me. Yeah. You said dogs. Well, that's probably the only words you can say. <laughs> Cats, dogs, cars, vroom, you know. Yeah. I don't know. His dad's black. Maybe he knows better. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I think it's a cultural dogs. thing. I do. I think Maybe. In some I cultures, know. it's dogs and some it's not. I think she's anyway. just happy you were talking about dogs. <laughs> well, you're right. So today is our newsstand edition. We're going to talk about what's in the news and, and obviously – the biggest story in the news, if you can get past Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Which is hard. Which That's, we do need to talk about. I would about. love to talk about. <laughs> I'm all about it, man. But uh, I want to talk about this Elon Musk buying Twitter. And let's start with a... Ari Melber is an analyst with the MSNBC and really noted as perhaps their most intellectual analyst. I mean, this guy is super smart. So let's, let's start with a clip of uh, Ari talking about Elon Musk and Twitter. You own all of Twitter or Facebook or what have you. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its nominees, or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else. And the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election. Elon Musk says this is all to help people because he is just a free speech philosophically clear, open-minded helper. Well, isn't that interesting? The response on Twitter to this clip was instant and overwhelming. Why doesn't every home in the... Because people literally said, Ari, you just said what we've been saying Twitter's doing to conservatives for the last five years, and particularly since the uh, right before the 2020 election. I mean, he said you could you could just shut off one candidate. What did Twitter and Facebook do? They deleted Donald Trump, a sitting U.S. president. They covered up the Hunter Biden laptop story, even though they knew it was true. I mean, that was massive. They suspended the account, you know. Suspended the New York Post. Oldest newspaper in America. I mean, it's the most blatant examples of big tech political manipulation. And now Ari is saying that now that Elon Musk has bought it, that that's what he's going to do when he's been very clear. He tweeted today that, look, for free speech, we're going to have to make people angry on the left and the right. That's the way free speech works. Yeah, of course. Which we all know it. I mean, the only idiots that buy into this bullshit that's being spewed by the left are a very partisan leftist group. And I, I would say it does it it's less than twenty five percent of the voting population. I really believe right. that. Yeah, we, I, I would agree. I, I mean we know right now, if you look at the polls that the uh the let's just call it right and left for lack of better yeah. terms, right? So the right side now is probably it's at like fifty five to forty five. Mm-hmm. You know, Biden's tanked. He's at like 30 in some of these polls uh, as far as job favorability. I mean, 30 was 33. There's that number again. But 33 was the latest poll. So, I mean, that's what, 67, 33. But I think if if you look at polls, like if there were an election held today, it's like 55, 45. So, but when you get into this stuff, it's it's even more i mean most people believe that big tech has manipulated the political field well i think it's pretty obvious that they have if anybody 
put any any type of creator out there uh, does this, they know that there are there's definitely shadow bans. And I can tell you when we post something, um, especially like in my stories or something like that on yeah. Facebook or Instagram or any of these social media sites, right? I will get uh, maybe ten viewers on that story, just on my personal one. But if I post something of me working or me doing something, I'll get a hundred. So there is there is an absolute shadow ban, and they, I I can't explain, it, but it's been happening for a year. So that's really the only thing I can think of. But it's definitely there. Yeah, and the algorithms. I told you I got suspended from Twitter for a week. Yeah, this is recent, right? Yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So I was responding to a tweet from Stephen King, the noted author, who said something like. It's imperative that we get rid of Putin or the world's going to burn down. So I jokingly, sarcastically, snarkily said, hey, I know, let's just have the CIA assassinate him. You know, I mean, it's an obvious sarcastic remark. Mm. So immediately, I mean, literally within seconds, Russell, I'm not exaggerating, it wasn't like five minutes, it was within seconds after typing it, your account's been suspended. So... I know what it is. It's the word assassinate. If if that word comes up, the algorithms goes to the tweet and they say, okay, this is bad. So I appealed it. Yep. And I showed you the response. They found that I did not violate the rules. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it said, but we did find that the tweet below violated the rules. And there's no tweet. And there's no way to appeal it. There's a link and it just takes you to Twitter's rules. Right. So for six days, I can't tweet, which I don't give a shit. But it's just, you know, and hopefully Musk will take care of some of the stuff. But well, I, what do you I, think don't, about that? I don't trust him as much as a lot of people I, do. Well, I myself, necessarily, I don't trust anybody with that amount of Exactly. Power. But, shit, I can't think of another, like, what if Vanguard bought it all? Would I trust no, them? I know. You know, is there another individual that I would trust to, well, to do if, anything with? Some things he may not be able to do, but... If it's, you take him at his word, he want and look, people are saying he's changing Twitter. No, he's taking it back to what it was. Mm-hmm. It was a before Alex Jones, who was the first guy to get mass canceled, right? In cancel culture, cancel t- culture wasn't even a term really before Alex Jones was the first one because yeah. they hit him. Remember that day they hit him? They they hit him on Facebook. Twitter, YouTube, Apple, YouTube, Google, all at once. Unified front. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's fucking collusion. Yeah. How did they all yeah. know to cancel him at the same time, the same day? Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a meeting of some sort. There had to be. Yeah. Well, or they just all got word from somebody <laughs> higher than them. Well, and that takes you into deeper, darker stuff. Mm-hmm. Who who controls the world, basically? Well, he who controls information. Globalist. Well, yeah. Globalist. I, you know, call it globalist, call it the cabal. It's the same group we've talked about. You know, the World Economic Forum, the Party of Davos, the Uniparty, Klaus Schwab, the whole group. I, I don't know, man. It's it's dark times we're living in, though. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. And and so I do have a little hope for the Twitter. But, you know, politically, I'm really beyond the point where electing somebody's going to make any difference. True. So wouldn't this wouldn't this be the best hope, or the most action, the most the something that could get the most results? You know what I think we need to do, and I've said this before. I think we need to start our own communities. It's already happening. I think I talked about this before. Daily Wire, which is a very conservative site run by Ben Shapiro Mm -hmm. and uh, I can't even remember the other guys that Matt. Oh God, he's great. But anyway, (laughs) they're producing full length feature films now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that don't, and they're not conservative. They just, they're not woke. Right. I mean, this whole woke thing, and we've talked about, you know, the environmental social credit scores mm-hmm. that that drives all the shit. I mean, the, I've been watching the NBA playoffs. It's my one joy. And I really, I'm torn because I know the NBA has been so woke and all that. Well, their they're biggest market is China. I mean, right. So I know, you know, they're they're beholden more to China in a economic sense than they are to anything we want to do. Well, and you know what you just said? I'm going to find this tweet that I did the other day because I think. Well, I I don't know. I said it, so I probably believe it. Um, 
said something like, uh, here it is, pretty simple. Clinton and Bush sold us out with NAFTA and other free trade agreements. American business sold us out to Red China. So now they have to push a Marxist message to protect profit. And it explains everything. And it, and it really kind of does. We're beholden to Red China. Mm-hmm. The companies are beholden to Red China. These ESC scores, I believe that's what they're called. May, may, that may not be right. But these credit scores where companies are rated based on their equity and social uh, progressive. ESG. It's like ESG, environment. We talked environmental, about Environmental, social. And governance. Governance. That's that. Very good. That's exactly what it is. And so they can't, I mean, these companies rely on credit. They rely on money, cash mm-hmm. flow. Well, somebody put it to me one time. They said, uh, said, think about Nike, all right? There's only so many feet in the United States. Think right. of all of the feet in China. Yeah. If you could put Nikes ah. on every single foot in China, and all you have to do is say some stuff. Well, I remember when it was opened up, you know, uh, Nixon, Nixon, well, Nixon opened up the first communications, but when they allowed China into the, uh, oh my God, what is the world trade? Yeah. The WTO, the world trade organization. That was it. It was over all these. I remember talking to people just salivating. I had a guy that wanted me to do custard stores in China. I mean, everybody. It's this massive market. You just open up a market to a billion more people, like you said. So there's something that's always kind of worried me, too. I've been noticing, like, anime is really, really big, right? Like, the thing America has is our culture. Our culture is our biggest export. And so as that goes, like, people want American things. They want Western things. It's cool. It's fun. Our, Our... uh, you know, celebrities and everything like that's Levi's, a big, yeah, basketball. Yeah, yeah. That's a big part. But as the middle class grows in China, as we continue to, to yeah. do that, we're going to lose a lot of power, and people don't really think about that. Like, no, like right. if once it's not as once American stuff isn't as cool, what do we have to export to the world? And I think it'll stay cool, but I think your point about culture is so. You know, the great Andrew Breitbart always said politics is downstream from culture. Yeah. And I think he's spot on. We've lost the culture war. I mean, Bill O'Reilly, who I think is kind of a tool, but, you know, in his days said some pretty bright things. He wrote a book about it 25 years ago. And this goes back to the saying Merry Christmas versus Happy Holidays shit. And we've lost the culture war. And it just, it keeps expanding. You know, first it was, well, I'll take the radical gay agenda. And, and I'm very careful to say the radical. And see, we shouldn't even have to be careful. Screw that. Yeah. But first it was, you know, well, gay people should be able to be married. And there was a real pushback. Michelle and Barack Obama were against gay marriage. Clintons, yeah. The Clintons were against gay marriage. So then the Supreme Court ruled on that. So that passed. So now it's socially, and society accepted that because we're not mean people. And we don't care who you boink. You know, I said to some guy on Twitter the other day, I don't care where you put your unit. I really don't. (laughs) Because he had said, well, it's obvious you hate us being gay. I'm like, dude, I have not the least bit of hate in my heart for any individual. Now, the government and some of the intel and shit, I really dislike. Well, that's kind of tied together. We were talking, we listened to the other day. So it goes, they take it, but the thing is, if you give an inch, they take a mile. So now... I just watched a video of Libs of TikTok, which is the best Twitter account in the world, who they suspended, but now they're back on, of a teacher saying that five-year-olds need to be taught about pronouns and gender. And my position is they don't. It's bullshit. But anyway, we need to go on to this next story, which is, to me, my God, what are we doing? I just totally screwed this up. There we go. Uh, I mean, this is almost hard to believe. The Department of Homeland Security has created a governance board against disinformation. So now we have a big... Look, the Department of Homeland Security, if you remember, was formed after 9-11. 
It's a whole massive bureaucracy that, in my opinion, does nothing. They're like the Department of Education, but even worse, because these guys have intel powers. They have the power to surveil. Uh, they have the power. They have law enforcement powers to the nth degree. These guys carry automatic weapons, you know. They can, they can fuck you up in a heartbeat. So anyway, the new board at the Department of Homeland Security will focus on countering dis misinformation and disinformation, which I want to know what. It's is it that objective is. though? It's whatever you think it is. Of course, of course it is, and that's the whole problem. So this was uh, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. I just Mayorkas guy, man. Um, and Wilson Center fellow Nina Jankowitz separately confirming she would be the executive director of the board. So Nina Jankowitz, oh, isn't that lovely? So she's, she's the executive director, and she just tweeted out about how proud she is of, to be this. This is a woman who, in the t- leading up, to the 2020 election, tweeted this. Back on the laptop from hell, apparently, Biden notes 50 former national security officials and five former CIA heads that believe the laptop is Russian influence. Trump says, Russia, Russia, Russia. That's my mic drop. (laughs) So this woman who's head of this board, who's going to tell you and me what's right in information, literally is saying, hey, the Biden laptop, all of these CIA heads and said it's Russia propaganda, Russia. It's been confirmed. It's totally fucking real. We knew it was real. The first time I saw the pictures from that, I'm like, that's Hunter Biden with a crack pipe and a 14-year-old slobbing his knot. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> You know, it was yeah. totally real. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. dude, this is, this is, it's been scary shit for a while, but this, I mean, this is so well, right out of George Orwell's 1984. I find it interesting, too, that as soon as that popped up as confirmed true, now we have like two major, you know, uh, news stories. We have the Amber Heard thing, then we have Twitter that nobody can stop talking about. So the whole, the whole Hunter Biden laptop thing is essentially. Yeah. Vanished. Yeah, I know. It's like all of these things. They mm-hmm. vanish into the rabbit hole of yesterday's news. I mean, what happened to Durham? You know, mm-hmm. the whole Mueller Russia investigation still, in my opinion, was a massive news story. Look, you sum it up like this. The national security apparatus tried to take out, first of all, the Republican primary candidate, and then the sitting president through illegal surveillance. I mean, this I've said it before on the show. This is 10 times worse than Watergate. It's the biggest national security story ever. And it's just like nothing. So they throw this John Durham guy who's supposedly a stand-up guy. So they've indicted one guy, Sussman, an attorney for the Clinton campaign. Mm. Why hasn't he flipped? You know, why aren't, why aren't there just massive indictments? You know, you know, for the last five years, it's kind of a running joke because these people like, and Alex Jones is probably one of them saying, oh, there's a thousand sealed indictments. Where are they at? Where are Bullshit. the indictments at? Well, no, he's saying they're there. Mm-hmm. He's not going, where are they at? He's right, one of the right. guys pushing the idea that there's a thousand sealed indictments. Mm-hmm. There's not. Nobody's going to jail. Sussman probably won't even go to jail. Yeah, this is the guy that lied, who told the FBI specifically, I'm working solely on my behalf, uh, personal behalf as an American citizen. I'm not working for anyone else. He was working for the Clinton campaign. Hmm. He's the one that brought basically brought the PP document, the the dossier, you know, that said Trump peed on a bed and uh, with a Russian prostitute. What peed on the bed where Obama had stayed right. and all this just just a ludicrous bullshit. And then who was it? Wasn't it BuzzFeed that printed the whole dossier? That started the whole Mueller thing. This was, 
You know, Trump was impeached twice. This was the first one. The Mueller investigation. You know, and it was literally, you had guys like Brian Stelter outright saying Trump is a Russian agent. Hillary Clinton said that. I mean, it was the most ludicrous, bald-faced lies. And where's that investigation done? Why aren't those? Look, none of these people are ever held accountable. Look, five former heads of CIA said that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. You don't think they knew it was real? Of course they knew it was real. So you've got 90 million voters that are freaking, frankly, pissed off, Russell. But I yeah, it's a, go ahead. And they just keep digging, uh, digging a hole. It seems like they keep they making, push it, uh, like covering their ass less and less, uh, or more and more transparently. More and more. You know, right. and you just see it, and you're like, oh shit. Well, why why would you need this disinformation board if you if if you're not trying to hide shit? Well, that's you know? an indirect response to Elon Musk buying Twitter. True, yeah. Because they're freaking out that people like Alex Jones, Milo Yiannopoulos, uh, Alex Berenson, who did stellar work about the vaccine and COVID. Uh, One of my guys who's really, I say my guys, I love him, a guy named Tony Tony Heller, who's a real climate scientist. These are all people that were deplatformed from Twitter and Facebook I mean, Haller uses historical records to show that the temperature has very great, you know, people, oh, it's the hottest summer on record. Well, actually, in 1897, mm-hmm. we had the worst drought and the highest temperatures ever in recorded history for two weeks solid. You know, I mean, yeah. he pulls the actual data. So what does Twitter do? They deplatform him. I mean, that's not right. I'm just curious. It, it just baffles me. Uh, you know, no one, you've obviously taught me a lot, but there's there's so much that you could, why would you trust the government to give you information to begin with? So this is essentially just like a fact checker for Twitter, I guess. Is that what the idea is? It's like they're going to yeah. find out what this is and, and th- say why this is not true, and then everyone's going to use that as a reference? I think so, and you ask why. I think the term lemming, you know what lemmings are, right? Mm-hmm. Lemmings are the little animals. They're little rodents, and every now and then, one of them, for some reason, will jump off a 300-foot cliff to his death, and the whole group follows. Wow. So, like, if you're a lemming, you just follow the group. The other I term see. is sheeple. You're right, a sheep. Right. You're part of a flock, and you do whatever. You know, sheep, if one sheep takes off and runs through the fence, well, they'll all follow him. Mm-hmm. So, there is a Back to the percentage. I don't know what the percentage is, but at least 30% of the American public believe everything the government says. They're totally on board with all administration policies. They And these are the same people that used to distrust the CIA and the FBI more than anybody. It was the far so left. Does that switch with whoever's in office, or does it matter? Like. Just whatever the government says at any well, point in time. Or is guess, that more of a hairy question now? No, no. I think I need to clarify it. <laughs> clarify yeah. it a little bit. They don't trust just the government because they obviously didn't trust the Trump administration. That's what I'm wondering, yeah. They trust government agencies and bureaucracies. So the As CDC, whole, the, the FDA, right, the system. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem, as you and I have talked about. The FDA, the CDC, the EPA, they're all victims of regulatory capture. They're being run by the very people that they're supposed to regulate. Mm -hmm. I mean, my God, I was was listening to a Robert Kennedy podcast yesterday. You know, sorry, I just screwed up our cameras there. You're good. Is it okay? Um, Above all else, he was and is an environmentalist. Right. And he was talking about uh, Teflon. And I don't know if you've ever followed that story. We should do a show on it. We keep saying it. We say that a lot. <laughs> but in uh, the manufacturer of Teflon throws off some just horrific chemicals. And they, they DuPont and Dow were the two big chemical companies making it. And they'd throw this waste from making these products into, into the groundwater. And these cows, this farmer had like 99 out of 103 cattle die. And when they did autop- necropsies, which is an animal autopsy after death, their stomachs and their internal organs were liquefied. 
Really? And and so in court, they claimed, they being DuPont and Dow, oh, he was a bad farmer. Oh, really? So tell me how you can mm-hmm. liquefy your, cow, your cow's stomach by being a bad farmer. Well, and that's why you've, the PCBs, I think, is what they're called, these dangerous chemicals. That's why as a chef, I, I tell people, get a cast iron skillet. Mm-hmm. Do not cook at high temperatures in a, in a Teflon pan because those dangerous chemicals are released. And right. they're known to cause cancer. The cancer clusters around, I don't know if we get off on this stuff, but around these plants, they're unbelievable. You look up a, a DuPont plant that's right. manufacturing Teflon, and you look at the incidences of cancers, and there's just this red mm-hmm. bubble of massive cancers. Same goes for uh, uh, plastic. If you yeah, micro- yeah. if you microwave plastic, the parabens in there will then be released into the food that you're about to eat. Yeah, and then that over time will cause infertility, and it's becoming a really big problem. That like over time in America since the introduction of plastics, plastics are just horrible in general. I mean, they've made our life so much more convenient, but mm-hmm. we we showed pictures of the ocean, the yeah. garbage, and well, we don't talk either about it's a it's a petroleum product, it's right? Made with oil, it, but it's so but it, it's, here's even better: it's a petroleum waste product. Oh, really? Yes. They use the waste from refining oil to make plastic. So it's a way where they, in the past, they would have thrown this shit away. Right. So either way, it was going to the ocean. We might as well get Same thing with gasoline. Gasoline. That's what's always bothered me is that gasoline is a byproduct of diesel, correct? Now, I don't, I don't know if it's diesel. It's, it's, it's kerosene. It's so when they're refining oil into kerosene, gasoline is like a byproduct. It's like a waste product almost. Yeah. Uh, I always thought it was. We talked about this that before prohibition, almost all farm and commercial vehicles ran on alcohol. We talked about that. Maybe we didn't. It's a guy named Bloom. Can't remember his first name, but B L U M E who wrote a book called Alcohol Can Be a Gas. Little play on words. And I interviewed him on Nick's show when I was filling in. Dude, it blew me away. I had no idea. People think when when Ford started producing just cars, everything ran on gasoline. It didn't. They ran, not Ford's cars, but vehicles before then ran on alcohol. Well, what's the problem with that, James? What's the big deal? Alcohol can be made by anybody. All you need is a still. Mm-hmm. Prohibition mm-hmm. wasn't mm-hmm. about keeping people from drinking. It was to keep people from using alcohol to power engines. Because sure. Rockefeller, guess who paid for all those ladies with the axes going in and to the bars and, and breaking open the, the uh, casks of whiskey? Right. Rockefeller. Well, he was also... Hugely against alcohol, just in a personal level. But then he found no, this reason no, is why. No, no, that's what you've been taught. I'm oh, yeah. telling you, it had nothing to but do it was, with that. Even before he was, he was the an oil, oil man. Right? Yes. Even before he was an oil guy, he didn't like alcohol. Even growing up, this is just kind of a nice double-edged sword. No, I don't believe that for a second. I think that's his, Well, no, I'm not doubting you. I think that's what history tries to tell us, that he was a temperance guy. Right. Which he, he may have been... But his real motivation was money. Sure. He made a fortune from gasoline. He built the first refineries to refine oil into gasoline. Any, like I said, anybody can make a steal. So this, I think his name is Richard Bloom. Bloom, before he passed, sadly, died very young, too young, like 50, in his mid-50s. He was going around to communities, Russell, and teaching small communities how to create a community still. And how everybody could just go get free gas. You could convert your car, Mm -hmm. that one that I just saw, or my car down there, $300, you can convert it to run on alcohol. And alcohol runs 99% pure, no emissions. Yeah, well, it just evaporates, right? Yeah. yeah. It burns clean. So why aren't Mm -hmm. we, you hear all the, we need an electric car. Well, to, to run an electric car, you have to do what? You have to create electricity for the batteries. Right. How do you do that? You burn food. coal. Yeah. It's ludicrous. It's the most. It's the biggest scam. The alcohol thing and community stills is actually a solution to the CO2 in the air. If you believe in anthropomorphic climate change, which I really don't, but let's say I did. I'm not saying it, it doesn't. That man's activities don't 
affect uh, greenhouse gases at all. I'm saying it's not a, nearly as big a deal as it should be. Right. And I'm like, the problem with that whole thing goes back to what I was first talking about. The problem, the whole thing being the climate change issue. It takes away from real environmental issues. And I think Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's intentional. Could be, yeah. DuPont and Dow don't want us looking at the pollution they're putting in the rivers. These plastic companies don't want us looking at the garbage in the ocean. The New York, tra uh, whoever does the trash in New York doesn't want us looking at the fact they still dump trash into, you know, the Hudson River or whatever. And I'm sure. Well, I mean. It's all about climate change. Why don't you hear about other environmental issues? You never do. The, one, the ones are way more easily fixable are the right. ones that we don't focus on. Right. We only focus on the one problem that it can't be fixed because we don't even we know do if it's real. Or, or, I know. Or, or, or trucks. You and what know, about the screwed. third world country? Are we saying to India and China and those, you're fucked. Because mm -hmm. if you don't have access to fossil fuels, if those people don't, they're screwed. Yeah. I mean, look, gasoline, there's another book I read about uh how beneficial petroleum products have been to our society. I mean, it is unbelievable. We went, Jordan Peterson talks about a lot. It's like, look, if you lived in the eight, late 1800s, your life was fucking miserable. Yeah. If you were lucky, you lived till you were 30, you likely had six kids and four of them would be dead before they were 10. You had smallpox, polio. You had all these horrible diseases there was no treatment for. I thought about this before. I've had seven back surgeries. The pain that I had before surgery from these ruptured discs, I, it was unimaginable. It's the worst pain. And I thought about, what if I lived 100 years ago? There's no treatment for that shit. Mm -hmm. You lived with that pain. I can't. I would yeah. shoot myself. Yeah. That's, I mean, and people just didn't live as long. Dental stuff. Mm-hmm. You ever yeah. had a toothache? Yeah, yeah. Just had Me to live too. with it. Oh, I can't imagine. Or yank it out. And or then, yank it out was... with pliers. Yeah. And no, no novocaine. Anyway, God, I don't know how we get off on this shit, but yeah. it's kind of fun. So yeah, it all yeah. started with the Department of uh, Disinformation by Homeland Security. I mean, that, and that is a major news story that you're not hearing anything about. The other thing about the Elon Musk that really drives me nuts, I've seen a thousand tweets that just imagine what Elon, what was it, 43 billion was the final number I think he paid? Yes, imagine he what he could have solved world hunger. 43 he did. Billion. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, yeah where he, he gave that $6 billion, he said it was the world, uh, I don't know, it may have been the world economic, I don't know. Anyway, it was something about world hunger. And they're like, with $6 billion of Elon's money, we can end world hunger. And he goes, yeah, we just open source accounting, I'll do it. I'll give you the money right now. Gave him the fucking money. Wow, I didn't know that. To end world hunger. Now, what I'm going to guess is going to happen is with this thing in Ukraine, it, that's not going to be possible because of the wheat fields and shit being Well, and that, that was bringing, Ukraine was my next point. Okay, you're bitching about $43 billion he paid to Twitter. We have sent... An equal amount of money, I think it's around $40 billion now, in weapons to Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Causing untold, no matter who's dying, I don't care which yeah. side, there are women and children being blown up, maimed, injured. How many peace delegations has the Biden administration sent to Ukraine and Russia? None. How many peace Just delegations weapons. has the EU? How many agreements have they tried to make to end this war it's so obvious well, they don't want to end the war it's, it's uh it's just beautiful for the weapons manufacturers right. and the military industrial complex because exactly we don't have to send american boys overseas we don't have no. to lose lives there's no real political loss here because you we're just helping somebody out but they still get paid right billions and billions and billions of dollars to and test out new weapon systems. They're sending them experimental shit. Well, the last one was an $18 billion weapons package. I want to know, what's a weapons package? And who's tracking that shit? Russell, we have no idea where that stuff's going. I mean, this could be going anywhere. But let's say it's going to Ukraine, like you said. It's just, it's a sweetheart deal. They always line up, and it's Republicans and Democrats. It's mm -hmm. both sides. Well, isn't it funny, too, that we just got out of Afghanistan? Yeah. And so right. that entire industry's uh, weapons, like, they, they're, they're done. They Without war. 
Without United States involvement in war, there is no arms industry, which right. is a huge export of this country. Yeah, and a major lobbying arm for Congress. Yeah, so <laughs> no, that's what it is. Of course. This isn't about anything other than, than... But these fucking idiots with the Ukraine flag in their bio on Twitter, that Jankowitz, the woman who's now in charge of this disinformation, you know, first thing I noticed in her Twitter bios, the Ukrainian flag... I mean, it's just so, it's maddening, bro. Look, I mean, we've just stated we are anti-war to the nth degree. At least I am. I think you are too. No, yeah, it's not not necessary anymore. anti-war and we are pro-environmentalists. Those used to be positions or the purview of the left. Yeah, but now if you talk about what we've talked about, we're... We're right wing. We're right wing, yeah. We're domestic terrorists. Yeah. It blows me away. I know. We're, we're talking about saving the earth and no war. What is more liberal than that? I know. Or let's talk about elections for a minute. Forget the, the 2020. If you go back in the decade preceding that, Democrats led the charge saying that the elections were not secure, that Dominion voted that these machines, there was a, uh, gosh, I wish I could remember the name. There was a great HBO documentary about it. Mm-hmm. how easily it was to hack these voting machines. Elizabeth Warren was one of the ones leading the charge, saying that we've, Hillary Clinton said it, we've got to change the voting systems because they're not secure. Then Trump comes along, they hate him. 2020 all of a sudden becomes the most secure election in history. I'm pulling that up. <laughs> so that's from time magazine elizabeth warren we have the video here if it loads quick enough oh cool it's a four minute video that's all right let's watch some of it time anyway. interviews elizabeth warren so i think it's a whole interview let's just so this was a few years ago because you can tell she's a lot younger what's the date on that uh it's 2019 june 25th um well see russian agents targeted 39 state elections. This was after Trump won in 2016 when they really went ballistic, saying that the elections had been hacked. Our elections should be secure as Fort Knox, but instead they're less secure than your Amazon account, Warren wrote in Medium Post, published Tuesday morning. State and local officials take their jobs seriously, but they don't often have the resources to secure their elections. Her plan would mandate automatic same-day voter registration, earlier voting and voting by mail. Um, which, okay, which that's, an, that's, that's a crazy hypocritical position. Like, that yeah. voting by mail is secure. There's, look, it comes out next week. You know the filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza? Mm-hmm. Have you heard about his new film? It's called Mule. I oh, you have mentioned it. Yes, I have. It comes out next week. He's going to show that as many as I think it's five million ballots were dumped into these uh, vote by mail boxes, and that these guys were paid. I mean, I know we haven't done a huge or we haven't done a show on the twenty twenty election. But I mean, I still maintain. It was completely fraudulent. Joe Biden didn't come anywhere near 81 Uh, million votes. This is a direct quote from her. Um, Outdated technology is a root cause of Americans' election security problem. More than 40 states use voter registration databases that are over a decade over. Oh, freaking ads. Uh, In 12 states that use voting machines that don't leave a paper trail to confirm the votes were counted correctly. Well... So she said, isn't she uh, uh, agreeing to, to everything that... That Trump and his that, that people... Argument on, on right. The argument on the election yeah. fraud side is, right. is claiming right. that there's no paper trail and right. it's easy to... To, to manipulate. Yes. So yeah, she's saying that, right there that I, it's... I know. That's my whole point. It's We're in topsy-turvy world. The things that Democrats... And, you know, I, I hesitate to even get into the Democrat-Republican thing because it's really the uniparty. Mm-hmm. You know, let's. That takes me to this other story. Uh, Steve Scalise and Mike McCarthy. 
So Mike McCarthy is the minority leader in Congress, in the House of Representatives. He's the Republican. And he's been criticized. Now, of course, we know Mitch McConnell is the minority leader in the Senate. McCarthy's in the House. So right after the 2020 election in January 6th, not Mike McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy. I'm like, that doesn't sound, there is a Mike McCarthy. Sorry, Kevin McCarthy. So uh, Representative, Republican Representative Matt Gates of Florida has continued his attack on GOP leadership. I don't know if you can pull up my, my screen. So Gates is saying that McCarthy is not fitting of leadership. He accused the leaders of being weak men. In essence, what happened right after the election, now you can leave that up for a second, what, what happened right after the election, being weak men for speaking about him and former President Donald Trump indirectly during sniveling phone calls with Republican residents, Represent Liz Ch- Liz Cheney's a freaking Democrat. I mean, she's as far left as they get. Now, it says Republican on her uh, ballot, but she's a Democrat. So McCarthy is a total never-Trumper. He's part of the Uniparty. Steve Scalise, do you remember him? He's the guy that got shot in that baseball game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, see, so he was a congressman. Oh, he's a hero because he got shot. And I'm sad he got shot. But Scalise, Matt Gates came out and said, I can't believe, he called out McCarthy and these other guys. He goes, I can't believe that you guys were defending Liz Cheney. And McCarthy suggested that Trump should resign after January 6th. So Gates called him out on it. Scalise then, after he heard about Getz's comments, says in a phone call, and I'm paraphrasing, the New York Times reported on this, that Getz's comments were criminal. He should be charged. I mean, I don't know if this guy gets an account on True Social at this point talking about McCarthy based on his inconsistency between the recordings And what he says, so McCarthy has completely lied, and he's been called on it by reporters. He said in the call, these calls were leaked, these recorded calls. He said in the call that he was going to talk to Trump and that he said that there were 25th Amendment issues involved, and he thought that it may be good for Trump to resign. He said that. So when he was pressed about it by reporters, he said, well, I never called President Trump and told him to resign, which is true. But that isn't the question. Did you suggest he should resign? Yes. But they, you know, it's yeah. just, my point on this is these, these rhinos, these so-called Republicans, and that rhino stands for Republican in name only, and I wish there was a better term because Republican, Democrat doesn't do it, but Scalise, McCarthy, McConnell, they're all just snakes. They're all just, they're leftists. They're all Beholden to big China, to red China, mm-hmm. like you said at the mm-hmm. beginning of this. Yeah. It all goes back to China. They're just snakes, and I don't know that we can ever root them out. I mean, they are the worst of the swamp. Now, I know that McCarthy's made at least three trips to Mar-a-Lago. He's begged Trump for forgiveness. And I don't think the public should forgive any of these guys. They all need to go. Even then, I don't know that it'll make any difference. So is there a difference? Because... It sounds, I mean, again, I don't know, but what, what I'm hearing is it's like if you go against Trump, then you're not a real Republican. Can you kind of separate that? Thought? Yeah, totally. So th- let's call it the Bush wing of the Republican Party. And by Bush, I mean George W. Bush. You remember when Trump ran and the people that he was running against? One of them was Jeb Bush. America had been used to electing Republicans that were very sympathetic. Their big issues were free trade, like NAFTA. Um, the, uh, that, oh, what was the Asian? There was an Asian free trade agreement on the, on the books at that time. They were very sympathetic and held in line uh, with the ideals of uh, the Chamber of Commerce, who supports open borders. Look, they need a steady labor supply. I think we talked about this a little mm-hmm. bit with John. Uh, 
So the Chamber of Commerce, the Koch brothers, who the biggest Koch brothers are to Republicans as George Soros is to Democrats. So there's this Bush wing of the Republican Party. Well, Trump upset the apple cart. He called them out. He said, look, we need to close our borders. We Red China is our enemy. These guys are the ones that made all the money when China was opened up. Right. They represent the big corporations that benefit from our relationship with Red China. Like I said in that tweet, it explains it all. They're beholden to Red China. Trump called them out. Remember, he, China. And yeah. he put he put sanctions on China. Nobody had ever done that. Right. He said, look, we don't have free trade with China. They do currency manipulation to make their products cheaper, and we don't do can't do anything in return. So I yeah. have to do something to put sanctions on. That those guys freaked the McCarthy's and the McConnell's. So in the Republican Party, the majority of them are what I would call bushy light Republicans. Okay. There is a small minority, Matt Gates being one, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Jim Jordan. The Freedom Caucus, there's an actual caucus, and caucuses are just different groups within Congress that form. Like there's mm -hmm. the uh, Congressional Black Caucus is all the African Americans in Congress. Mm -hmm. So there's one caucus called the Freedom Caucus, and they tend to be remnants of the Tea Party movement. Jim Jordan, for instance, was elected uh, during the Tea Party Revolution, mm -hmm. and it was a revolution. The problem is the Bush wing of the Republican Party was smart enough to just say, oh, we love you guys. So just come and join us. So they just sucked and them it in kind of diluted the and infiltrated them. It's like Billy Long, our congressman, mm -hmm. ran on a platform called Fed Up. I'm fed up with Congress. I'm fed up with the corruption, the bullshit. And I told you my mm -hmm. interaction with him, right? I don't, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Where he Nothing said, when I saw him a year after he'd been in Congress, and I know him personally, and I said, Billy, tell me, how's it going? Are you making change? He's like, you fucked the system. You can't change. He basically said to me, you can't change the system. So what has he done? He's been a full. Now, he still votes more along the lines of the liberal, the Freedom Caucus. He still votes more conservatively. However, not, no real issues are ever addressed by Congress anymore. I mean, a real issue would be the income tax. I mean, somebody came out and said, you know, this isn't fair. These huge corporations get by without paying taxes, the middle class tax. If somebody, like a real issue would be say, let's do away with the income tax. Let's do a national sales tax. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the fair tax is one that I love, and there's a whole well, book about it. But And you had sent me some stuff to listen to while I was working this uh -huh. week, and yeah. one of them was a, 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 that documentary on mm -hmm. the income tax, and it, it kind of blew me away. There oh, is no law that says we have to pay income tax. I know, and you did your taxes today, didn't you? Well, my property tax. Oh, I you're doing your, my property tax. Yeah, I know, tax. I know. It's too I'm May first. I know. I was. I, I was. Uh, I, I, I'm more okay with property tax because at least they give you a receipt and shows you where each penny's going. Yeah, that's a little different. But the uh, problem I have tax, with it is you never own property. Oh yeah, I mean it's you don't own any property, it's Russell. The I, government owns it. If you don't pay sure. that tax, they're going to take it. Yeah, I know, and there's that argument for sure. Uh, but okay, I'm just saying, but, but as, right. as far we're not going to get away from taxes. Taxes are bullshit across the board. But at least this one, I see where the money's going. Now, if you look how that whole income tax thing was passed, the history of it, there is no. I mean, it, it's just a code. It, there, there's no there's law. no law. There's no actual law right. that shows you. Did I send yeah. you the video of that Aaron, that producer who? Produced yeah, that's what I was listening okay, to. Yeah. Aaron he Russo. Around, he Aaron. went around trying to find anyone that could give. Uh, the law. Yeah. Show me where the law is that I have to pay this. And, and I'll he's, pay he's asking the head of the IRS. Yeah. The guy that wrote the tax code ended the conversation, said, no, you're just, you don't get it. And ended the, ended the interview because he's like, you're just, everything I'm going to say, you're going to have a question for, because he said the lower courts um, answer or don't have to answer to the Supreme court. Cause he kept using these court cases where they won. Right. But the Supreme court has never ruled on it. Ruled on it. You got to be careful because we're certainly not telling people not to file income tax. No, you have to. There's right. there's no, you'll go you to jail. You have to, you'll go to jail. But we're just saying there's not really a law about it. No, there's not. Mm -hmm. Well, and in the Constitution, that and that's where this comes from. In the Constitution, there were two types of taxes, and neither of them had to do with income tax. 
As a matter of fact, it's, I mean, they're that's direct the, and indirect tax, which right. is like a gasoline tax or something yep. like that. And then um, I think more of like a punishment type of tax. I, I can't remember. But there's and no, I should know that better. But there's uh, no Tom March is going to give me hell because he already <laughs> he this guy he's 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 very bright and he's a constant. I would call him a constitutional scholar. He said if you and I use the word democracy one more time, he's going to send oh, really? us to a class. <laughs> We know that we're a constitutional republic, Tom. Yes, I'm giving yes. him a shout-out. And we probably use the word democracy occasionally, inadvertently. But, right. but, yeah, in the Constitution, there's no income tax. As a matter of fact, it I think it even amended. says there shouldn't be an income tax. It was A tax against a man's labor. Right, and that's what we're talking about. There's Oh, a direct tax was, like, against a profit made. You could always tax corporations for profit made on, you know, that type of tax, but a direct income tax was never was never written. Now they said it was it uh, Article 16 or something like that that talks about it. I, I and again, I just was listening, but uh, well, if I remember right, the income tax came about the about the same time I think it was wasn't it under World Wilson World. Yeah. when yeah. they did the Fed. I mean, mm-hmm. he, this president, I mean, the, if you want to say the worst president in history, it'd be Woodrow Wilson. Probably, yeah. He said on his deathbed, I have the biggest regrets of my life. He was pressured into, and the Fed, you know, there's a book called, oh, what is it, uh, Conspiracy at Jekyll Island. These bankers all met at Jekyll Island, this little island, in the mm-hmm. middle of the night to hatch this plan to create a central bank, where before that, the U.S. had gold-backed currency. Mm-hmm. That we printed, there was no central bank that loaned us money. We didn't need that. We're a country. We're a sovereign. We print our own money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they did that so they could profit from us. Now they loan us the money and we have to give them security bonds. It's yep. Well, and people were arguing. They're like, so, well, you know, how would the government exist? It was like the government existed for, what, 176 roughly years before we, like, this is a 100-year-old thing is this income tax. So it existed for almost 200 years before we even started income taxing people. Yeah, here it is. So the income tax was the 16th Amendment to the Constitution. Passed by Congress July 2nd, 1909. Ratified February 3rd, 1913. That's Woodrow Wilson, 1913. 16th Amendment changed a portion of Article 1, Section 9. The Congress had the power to lay... Collect taxes on income from whatever source derived without apportionment among the several states without regard to any census or enumeration. So, you know. That's it? That's it. But the, the thing is, the Supreme Court has never ruled whether it's constitutional. I mean, and that's kind of where, because it is in the Constitution now, it was an amendment, and I mean to to pass an amendment to the Constitution is very difficult. Sure, but you yeah, have to yeah, have yeah. two thirds uh, ratification. I thought you had to have two thirds ratified by states, I and I think that's one of the arguments that the states have never ratified it. That's uh, see now because I'm looking at it, that did talk about income. I think it was about filing, but then again, it's like you would have to file in order for them to know how much to pay. So I'm a little confused. So, uh, consumption tax, I know. Hmm. Well, uh, hmm. Gonna have to listen to that again, I think. <laughs> Meantime, the 16th Amendment matters most has forever changed the character of the United States government from a modest central government dependent on consumption taxes and tariffs on imports to a much more powerful modern government that fought two world wars and cold war with vast revenue that came from the federal income tax. So, I mean, basically, by creating an income tax, it gave our government, you know, a hundred times more power. And the framers of the Constitution, the founders didn't want a powerful federal government. That was the whole writing of the Constitution. I mean, if you read the Federalist Papers, which are really just letters between Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton, and Hamilton was more of a Federalist who was wanting more powerful federal government, still they both 
they both were against a powerful central federal government because they knew that inevitably that brings about tyranny, that the powers remain in the states. And, you know, I think it's something we need to get into sometime. I've been reading a lot about state constitutions, which generally follow the U.S. Constitution. But, bro, all of this shit, like with COVID, the vaccine mandate, none of that, none of that. The government did not have the powers to do any of that. Mm -hmm. It was all unconstitutional. The problem is... Who has the money and the power to fight it in the courts? And the courts have been, I mean, look, this is a master plan, and we can debate about who came up with it. And I know that yeah. one video you watched that started out with the Harriman brothers. Yeah, and, yeah, that was. And the, you know, the Illuminati going back to Cecil B. Rhodes. You've heard of a Rhodes scholar. Cecil B. Rhodes was really the guy that a lot of people. Um, I'm sure you didn't get into that tragedy in Hope, but um, by Quigley, who was that? He was a Harvard and Columbia, his Yale, and uh, where was it? He taught it wasn't Columbia. Anyway, East Coast Ivy League historian, considered the American historian of his time, and he wrote his masterpiece, Tragedy in Hope. He knew all these power brokers, and they were all involved in Intel and bank. I mean. Banking and intelligence kind of merged in this thing. And Cecil B. Rhodes, head of these secret societies, they had a plan to create these central banks, to create an income tax. They had a plan of how to federalize the United States to make it dependent on a strong federal government when it mm. wasn't supposed to be like that. Right. It was never supposed to There's be like qu- that. There's a quote from, uh, you know, and there's obviously a, this different time period, but after the Civil War, it's from Shelby Foote, who, was, who wrote uh, a lot of the Civil War narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was in that Ken Burns document, but he had a quote that said, like, before the Civil War, it was the United States R. And, uh, or, yeah, the United States R. And then after that, it's the United States is. It was like, after the Civil oh. War, it changed it to where we we're all collectively one nation. So That's pretty profound, actually. Yeah. Yeah, the United States right. are because we're a group of states. Mm-hmm. And then after that, after the Civil War. It became War, a it became, monolithic yeah. single entity that's run by this powerful federal government that goes against every. And, you know, if we're going to change anything, individual citizens, and I know we're about out of time, but individual citizens are going to have to stand up. They're going to have to read their state constitution and they're going to have to say no. Mm-hmm. Like the vaccine mandates, everyone should just say no. But how do you do that? You lose your job. I mean, I get it. They ha- kind of have you over their knees with your bare bottom sticking up, and they're going to whop you. Yeah. It's I mean, tough, it, man. It, just, it all kind of comes from the top, and it can it can really... Well, through these little laws and legislations and through the news, I mean, even just media, just, collusion, just disinformation. Fucking with people's heads, you can really... Uh, and you can trace this Bundle shit people. back to 150, 200 years. I mean, this is a plan they've had in place. And they use whatever uh, whatever template they want. Right now, it's the Marxist agenda serves their purposes. But right. in the 50s, it was anti-Marxism. Well, because they were afraid the communists were going to take all their... There'd be a revolt here. Boy, there's a, here's a really good historical thing I've been looking into. Russia was never our enemy. The Cold War was a was a total farce. It was a hoax played by that, both yeah. parties. Yeah. Well, there's a whole... That whole era, I think, deserves a show. That, yeah. But with our involvement with the Nazis oh, and the Russia yeah. and... Yeah, you know, without a doubt. Playing both sides, even if even if there were two sides. I'm not entirely sure that... No, I know. That wasn't just a poor man's war where everybody at the top... Hold the strings. One of the greatest books you can read, and you can read it in an hour, is called All Wars of Bankers' Wars. Yep. Or just look up that one video you had me see, man. Uh, the first hour, that's all you need. That video, by the way, is called From JFK to 9-11, Everything is a Rich Man's Trick. It's a great video. Yeah, it's so. really a very interesting. It I watched is. it twice, actually. Cause Did I, you really? Yeah, I, was, I need to go watch it again. I learned something every time. Well, there, it was so unbelievable and so information-dense. Yeah. That you just you couldn't get it all at once. And he sources everything. Yeah, it's all there. Yep. It's all and it all makes sense and it all explains a lot. 
And then we still got the lemmings jumping off the cliff. Those are the people. And it is changing, though. Mm-hmm. A lot more people are awake, even though there's this big push for woke. And I never finished my thought on Adidas. Adidas is running outright ads saying transgender uh, women, which are men, should be allowed in women's sports. Adidas. Anyway, we'll wrap it up on yep. that <laughs> note. And uh, it's another good show. That was our headlines, uh, our yeah. newsstand show covering Hopefully the headlines. Covered some of it. And hey, make sure you visit us at clarification.com. That's my last name, C L A R Y Fication, F I C A T I O N.com. And if you can, shoot us a buck or two on our Patreon account. We could use your support. More than anything, share this video with your friends. Our listenership is growing. We've had a lot of views this week, and we love it, man. 25 days since we started. That's excellent. If you like our content, uh, share it with your friends. We appreciate it, and we'll see you next time, brother. Sounds good, dude. Take care, man. Yep.